Hello, this is Tim Rausenberger with BrassTenor.com. Today is Tuesday, November 14th, 2017. This is episode 146, Recognizing Bullies and Bullying in the Schools. This particular topic is so meaningful and emotional for me as an educator. So much, in fact, that I'm going to dedicate the next two episodes to bullying. Today's topic, recognizing bullies and bullying in general, this is just to get the basic understanding. But I'm gonna take things a bit further because you will read a lot of articles. You will hear a lot of things from different people. But I have not always gotten the perspective of teachers who are in the classroom discussing it and being able to hear their words as opposed to reading them. I'm a public school educator of over 20 years in the state of New Jersey. I've taught music at every conceivable level, from pre-K all the way up through high school. I've taught students of every imaginable ability level. Students with severe disabilities, special needs. I was able to recognize students who needed 504s and IEPs well before those were commonplace today. And I've even known of many students who have major issues who on the surface seem like they're quote-unquote normal, but they're anything but. Bullying, in my eyes, and what I've seen in my lifetime, I firmly believe might be one of the biggest problems in the world today. And that includes the opioid epidemic, drugs in general, and all of the other issues going on both in the United States and abroad. Because all of the behaviors associated with bullying in many ways come back to a lot of these issues and they stem from them. Many of them occur in early childhood, but not all. There are people who have had cataclysmic events, awful, awful situations that have occurred during middle school, high school, things at home, 
things in the neighborhood, things that they may have brought with them from other towns, other cities, other areas. What I want to first do today is identify different types of behaviors all associated in some way, shape, and form with bullying. Because the whole thing with bullying is you need to be able to identify the bully, but you also need to examine yourself and you need to know about yourself. Are you guilty of any of these items? Blaming. Blaming others, that is. Name calling. Threats. And I'm talking about physical or emotional, mental types of threats, verbal threats. Putting people down, bossing them around, making excuses for your behavior, not listening. Getting even with others. Bringing up the past as an excuse. Not taking responsibility for your actions. And of course, just good old-fashioned hitting or striking. You see, these are very, very broad words that I'm using. Because they include so many different people in so many different capacities. I can tell you if I go down this list, I can identify with a lot of them. And I'm going to go through them with you because I think that it helps when a person is able to know that they have done wrong at some point in their life and share those experiences with others so hopefully history does not repeat itself because the one of the things I always tell my students is I was not a good kid I was not a good kid now if you ask the average person they would have said well of course, there was nothing wrong with Tim when he was growing up, because if you didn't know me that well, you knew that I was of above intelligence, I have a high IQ, I was someone who was in some honors classes, I was very talented at music, I've never smoked in my life, I've never done drugs. I really have never been truly violent with people. Now, I wasn't a model citizen by any stretch when I was young, and I'm going to get to that today. But I don't have violent thoughts. That's just never been me. My first reaction is not to punch someone. I just... It's just not how I'm wired. Now, I can get angry, but not 
resorting to physical violence. And I've generally been a nice person towards others because the one thing that I've always had going for me is I've always known the difference between right and wrong. doesn't mean that I always did it, but I've always known the difference between right and wrong. And that's something I absolutely credit my family for. Because the thing that's unbelievably important is I do not and will not blame anyone but myself for my actions. I do not blame others for decisions that I've made over the course of my life. The problem that comes into play at times is people not being able to recognize that, not being able to be truthful with themselves. And the worst thing is when you're misjudged. And I can tell you, unfortunately, that's been something that I have had over the course of my entire life, being misjudged as a person. People not understanding who I really am, what I stand for. So when I go through this list, I'm going to tell you about me. And I hope that you can take this list as a checklist to understand, to be able to identify the bullies and bullying in the classroom and take it from someone who is more than open and willing to discuss this with you as both the, the viewpoint of a child and an adult. Blaming. One of the things that I did many times when I would do something wrong is I would try to shift the blame onto something or someone else. It's something I used to do. I don't do it anymore. If I do something wrong, I accept the blame for it. I made the decision. I didn't always do that. Name calling. I absolutely did this when I was younger and I know why I did it. I did it because it was done to me. I was, I, re, I was ridiculed daily by people with horrible names. I was extraordinarily skinny when I was growing up. Skin and bones, which is pretty ironic right now because I'm not that. But I was skin and bones. And to be honest, my family did not have a lot of money when we grew up and could I we could not afford the best clothes and I was made fun of for that I was made fun of for the way that I talked the way that I walked and 
I know I took it out on other people and I feel terrible for it. And I don't beat myself up about it every single day, but I've absolutely apologized to people. Threats, I think some of the anger I had in my early childhood, which I don't know why I had all that anger because I had good parents, but I think that some of my anger caused me to threaten children when I was very young. When I'm talking about young, I'm talking about when I was about six or seven years old. And none of that, that, that didn't come from my parents. I'm not sure exactly where that stemmed from, but I know that it's not something that I've done since. Putting people down. That's not something I've really ever done. I really have not gotten pleasure out of just putting down someone for their appearance. And it's actually bothered me a lot throughout the course of my career when I hear teachers in faculty rooms being so nasty and so vicious to students they teach in, in their, their own classrooms to the point that I stopped, I stopped going into faculty rooms so long ago I can't even tell you because of the negativity that would be associated with it. And I had colleagues that I worked with early in my career, terrible, reprehensible comments and behavior. And I listened to it, but I never ever participated in it. And I'm not proud of not standing up and saying, you know what, what you're saying is wrong. I'm not proud of that. And I accept responsibility for it. Making excuses, I've been the king of that over the course of my life. I've made excuses for so many different types of things. Not anymore. I don't make excuses for anything anymore. And if I'm wrong, I admit to it. That takes a big person to be able to do that. And a lot of people can't. Not listening, that's absolutely not something I've had an issue with. I've always been a very, very good listener. When people speak, I don't cut them off. That's something I just, I've just never done. And a lot of people struggle with that. I think that's the left brain in me, to be able to separate the two. Getting even? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If somebody did something to me, I would want to get even with them. Thing is, I really didn't, I very, very rarely followed through. Would I want to get even? Absolutely. Now? Nah. Now I just feel unbelievably sorry for the anger. I feel sorry for the people who do mean things to others. I feel bad for them. 
bringing up the past, I don't bring up the past. I focus on the present and the future. But I always reflect and I'm always aware of my past. I'm aware of it, but I don't bring it up though. And if I ever bring up my past, I always bring up my past for good. So students can learn from my mistakes. So students can learn from the things that I've observed. Not taking responsibility, 100% guilty of that. Doing things, causing issues for others, and then not looking at the person and saying, I really messed up. I absolutely have had moments like that in my life. And hitting, I don't resort to physical violence. It just doesn't happen. I don't understand people who hit other people. I don't get it. I don't know what you get out of it. Hitting anything for that matter. Hitting a person, hitting an animal. Go hit a punching bag or something. I, I don't get it. So... I'm honest about these things on this list. If I look at this list and I think about teachers, yes, teachers who are absolutely capable of being bullies, who are capable of intimidating other students, Well, there are several things on this list. Getting even might be one of them. Student acts a certain type of way in the class. Immature teacher gets even with them. Absolutely prevalent in our society. And very sad. Bossing? Well, the teacher's the boss. Well, yes, the teacher's the boss if they've earned respect. Then they have the ability to be the boss slash ruler of their classroom in a respectful way. Not in the type of way, I am the boss of my environment, you will listen to everything I say. Well, if you don't respect the people around you, they really shouldn't have to listen to anything that you say. Putting people down. I hate this. I think that any teacher who puts down another student with intent to harm them should be fired instantly. They should have their teaching license revoked and they should never be allowed to set foot in a classroom or near a child ever again. Because the psychological damage you do to a student by putting them down, both the words and the environment, doing it around other students, it messes a kid up in the worst way. And will ultimately, in the end, cause them to react in certain ways, one of which could be to become a bully. Students who threaten, excuse me, teachers who threaten students, same thing. If you actually threaten a student, something's wrong with you. You should not be teaching. Ta calling students names. I've seen this before. 
calling kids stupid. Calling kids dumb. Happens. It still happens to this day. Same situation. That's the same verbal abuse that needs to be eradicated from the classroom. Once again, coming from teachers. Because I can tell you this much. I look at all these different things. If I mess up, I absolutely own up to it to my students. Every single time it happens. Every time. And if I don't teach them something in a way that makes sense, or I am not, I am ill-prepared for any reason in a classroom, I will apologize to students and say, I'm really sorry. We're not going to be able to do this today for whatever reason. I will absolutely make this up to you. I'll make sure that we, we take care of this tomorrow. And I will do better. Yes, I have that in me to say it. But I don't think a lot of other teachers do. They view it as weakness. It's not weakness. That's strength. That's being confident in your convictions that you can be able to say to, a stu to students at any age that you were wrong. That's powerful. Now, when I look at this list and I think about students who identify as bullies, absolutely people that call names, threats, the put-downs, the bossing, the not listening, the getting even, not taking responsibility, and hitting. I'm going to give you a situation that I had with a bully last school year. And I've moved on with my career. I've been able to advance myself professionally to different work environments, to different school districts, in which I've been able to take something, been able to grow from it. And I'm so grateful to be able to work with students who are at risk now in an urban setting. I love it every single day. I love my job. And I loved the place where I worked the last three years as well. But I can tell you something that I absolutely didn't love, and I did not love the bullying. Because the bullying was a gigantic problem. And I saw it every single day. But it was different than what I had viewed before, because every environment is different. I had a student last school year who, and as I'm going to discuss in the next episode, for reasons I will never understand, fell through the cracks in the HIB laws. This student was a new student to the school district at the start of the year, was one of the most disruptive and obnoxious students I've ever encountered in my career. And throughout the entire school year, the behavior never improved. 
Not one iota. This is what I witnessed. This is what I saw. This student always, always blamed others. It was never his fault. Nothing was ever his fault. This student called other students more names than I could possibly even tell you. Nasty names. This student threatened others. This student always put others down to try to make himself better. This student was a master at bossing others around. This student always made excuses. And that went along with the blaming. This student would never allow you to do anything to him because he would certainly get even. This student never brought up the past, but I was able to ascertain that he had a past history, which wasn't so pleasant and probably contributed to the way that he acted. This student never ever took responsibility for any of his actions and he did hit others. When you have someone who satisfies every single item, every single item on the list, that is a gigantic problem. This is a huge issue. This is a bully of the worst possible kind. We think, a lot of people think of bullying as just name calling or someone who hits other people. But when you are that boss combination, when you are all of the items on that list and you can submit your victims to physical, mental, and emotional torture, that's a big problem. I don't tend to have major issues with bullying in my classroom because students know how I am about keeping a respectful environment. And they know I have an, a, such a, an incredibly low threshold when it comes to this. But there was only one time that I can think in the last seven or eight years where I truly got emotional and it was with this particular student because of the bullying that he did to another student. One of the most horrific, disgusting, reprehensible, awful things I've ever heard or witnessed in my life. Because I walked into school one day and my goodness that I have some amazing kids. And a whole group of them came running up to me and said, you're not gonna believe what this child did to another child on the bus today. And I found out that the children had waited 
until it got to the point of physical violence before they said anything. Yes, this is happening on buses. This is happening on school grounds where children are fully aware that these things happen, the name calling and the threats and the putting down. It's occurring and they don't speak up and they don't say anything until it gets really severe or it results in physical violence. And this is what it took with this child. I came to find out that for two solid months, this person, and I, and I hate to say it, this particular child is the closest I've ever known to actually being close to being an animal because he was actually that vicious and unhuman-like in nature. Because this is what he did. For a two-month span, he, in his infinite wisdom, thought it would be a good idea to mentally, emotionally, and physically abuse a child with severe Asperger's. This child simply does not have the ability to emote. Any other child that would have gone through what this poor kid went through would have been in tears every single day. And I think the thing that hurt me the most is that he never did experience that. But he knew that the kid was mean to him. And he would tell the kid to stop and the kid would do it more to him. The bullying went on for so long. Now I can't speak on behalf of the bus driver or anyone else that may have known about this situation. I can tell you right now when I found out about it, I was upset and I reported it immediately. Immediately. Because I asked the student directly and I wasn't very nice about it. And I can say that I was professional, but I absolutely was not as respectful as I would have liked to have been because I couldn't believe how the child took no responsibility and would say, who, me? I didn't do it. It wasn't me. I didn't do any of that. No, he was making fun of me. No, he was pushing me. Keeping in mind that there was probably an 18-inch height differential between the two of them and probably a 100-pound weight differential between them. Disgusting. And I don't really know. I never found out whatever happened with that particular situation. It had been reported. But what happens is teachers will report these situations 
and oftentimes we never find out what actually happened. But I'll say this, we need to all be much more vigilant. We all need to be much more proactive. Way, way, way before any of these laws went into effect. And I'm talking about 15 years ago. I remember having the conversation with my fifth graders at the beginning of October. And it was right when it would, it would be the week of respect. And I would take a band rehearsal out. And I didn't care. Musically, I didn't care that they weren't receiving their music instruction that day. And I don't do this anymore because, quite honestly, there are so many different laws in place. And students are aware. They, I absolutely discuss respect every day. And it's a predominant theme in my classroom. But because the students are aware that all this legislation has passed, and there are laws now, and there weren't then, I don't approach it the same way. But this is what I used to do. This was a long time ago. I would sit the students down... And I would tell them straight up, I don't ever want to hear from anyone that you have bullied another student in the school district. Because if I hear about it, it's not going to be a pleasant situation for you and it's not going to work out in your favor. And I'll be sure to make that your parents know immediately and administration knows immediately and whatever punishment needs to be doled out will be doled out. See, because back then, we didn't have all these policies, all these laws in place. There weren't all this these anti-bullying coordinators and these HIV specialists. We didn't have those in the schools. So we had to deal with these situations in a different manner. But I told them, so help me, if any of you ever bully another student in my class and I find out about it. The punishment will be more severe than you can ever imagine. And you will never see me angrier. And it only happened once where there were four girls who were so mean so mean to this one poor girl and it went on for about six months and I got word of it the girl broke down one day she told one of her friends 
And that friend came to me and told me about it. And I remember talking to all four girls and I didn't have to raise my voice because I remember sitting all four of them down and they were bawling uncontrollably. And I never brought, you never bring them in together, always separate. And they were bawling uncontrollably and they begged me, they begged me not to tell their parents and they begged me not to tell administration. Well, I still did, but I just couldn't blow up, I think, the way that I would have with a lot of situations because I was very happy to see that they knew they did wrong. And I know for a fact those kids that are now in college, they never did that again. I know those four girls never did that again. They were already quality human beings, but they had something inside of them that caused them to be so, so vicious to another child. And you need to know that this was at a time when cell phones were not a thing social media wasn't a thing this was just good old fashioned bullying on the playground bullying on the internet but way before social media oh kids can be nasty they can be oh so very nasty, but so can adults. And I ask you to go through that checklist yourself. If you are a kid or you are an adult, and most importantly, if you're a teacher or an administrator, and make sure that if you have been guilty of any of those items, and you're willing to make a change that you try to address them. And it's not easy. It can be very, very tough to accept responsibility for your actions. Especially when you may feel that the world is against you. That nobody cares about you. There are people who care. There are good people in this world. And I always say to students, you need to understand that right now, you may just be a product of your environment. Maybe it's a student who's just been in an elementary school for a really long time. They just need a change. They just need a new building. They need a new set of teachers. They need new children. Sometimes they may have to just move altogether. But I will add this one thing. The one thing that does not 
fix this. And I hope that you've been listening to this podcast all the way to the end. Are parents who decide to avoid the issue and homeschool their children. If you're going to homeschool your, homeschool your child, there are a lot of excellent reasons to do it. But bullying is not one of them. It's just not. Unless you actually genuinely fear for the safety of your child, where there's going to be irreparable damage and needs to be for a short-term time period, that's fine. Otherwise, I completely and wholeheartedly disagree with people who decide to homeschool their children to completely avoid the issue. Life is about confronting your issues. It's not about avoiding them. And unfortunately, this is a sad reality with life. It's facing adversity. It's facing these nasty people and figuring out a way to handle the problems. You know, I've had parents before. I've known people in my own family who have actually said to their kids, if someone does this, this, or this to you, you have my absolute blessing to use physical violence against them. Now, I'm not going to sit here and advocate for that. Because I will never sit here and say as an educator that violence is the answer. But I can tell you this. There comes a point where enough is enough. And physical violence doesn't necessarily have to be the answer. But something has to be done. So, if you are a victim right now, you need to say something. You need to do something. You need to speak up. And don't feel like you're a piece of trash. And don't feel like you're worthless. You were put on this earth for some reason. And I don't know what that reason is. Everybody was put here for a reason. Whatever your beliefs are as to how we were all created and how we came to be. There are too many people in this world that are focusing on the trivial nonsense, materialistic baloney, and this constant emphasis on things that are that don't matter this matters this is real and yes it's just as much real for a child who's five or six years old as it is for someone who's 15 or 16 or 25 or 26 or 35 or 36 very few people go through this game of life without experiencing some hurt, without experiencing some types of issues or obstacles. The question is, can you overcome them? Can you overcome that obstacle? Can you overcome that bully? 
it's going to take help. It's going to take a support team. It's going to take people who care about you and love you. And I hope you are able to find those people. And one final thing that I offer to students. Good quality human beings, particularly teachers, good teachers, do not judge. And a lot of students don't recognize that. The good ones do not judge you. They're there to help. They're there to comfort. They're there to give you good, solid advice. So don't feel like you're going to say something and it's going to be weakness. That you're going to be looked at differently. Because quite honestly, when I look at any student, when I look at any adult, when I look at any human being, I don't see color. I don't see race or creed or ethnicity or their nationality. I couldn't care less if they're male, female, gay, transsexual, bisexual, lesbian. I don't care if they look like an iguana. Because I look at people for who they are. People. And the bullies of this world, well, a lot of them don't exactly do that. This is something that is a very strong and very powerful topic for me. I could talk for hours about the situations I've had over the years with bullying. I can tell you there's not a week that has gone by over the course of my career where someone has not been dealing with some type of situation. And it might be the same student throughout the course of the entire school year. There's not a week that goes by where there's not someone dealing with this and hurting. I say it all the time in my podcasts. We all need to step in. We all need to do more. Do your part. Get involved. Don't be an innocent bystander. Don't stand on the sidelines. If you see something, say something. Because I can tell you, I didn't enough when I was younger. And that was wrong. And accepting responsibility is definitely a first step. Especially if you've been a bully yourself at some point in your life. I hope this podcast has been helpful to you. I hope that if you are someone who needs help, that you go to get that help now. Don't wait. Do it now. Reach out to someone. Heck, if you need to send me an email, send me a message. 
I'm fine with that. I could point you in the right direction. I'd be more than happy to do so. Because one thing I pride myself on is absolutely not being the slightest bit judgmental of anyone. I take a lot of pride in that. And I wish there were more people in the world that did the same. I wish you all the best.